RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Well, good evening, everyone. And, of course, welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. Today, we've got that New Jersey state of mind. As the Menendez family, that would be Bob and his vivacious wife, Nadine, of only three years, have just been indicted on a series of charges related to bribery, public corruption, and the abuse of his office. Of course, we've got a whole bunch of other things we've got to talk about today, including what appears to be actual video footage of that F-35 crashing in uh, South Carolina. Was it North Carolina? I can't remember exactly where. I think it was South. We've also got new information about a possible government plan to reveal the existence of aliens to the American people. What do you want to bet that'll be coinciding with the 2024 election and probably another pandemic? NATO troops on the ground in Russia. The world seems to be turning on Ukraine. Canada just <laughs> lauded a Nazi. I don't even know what is going on. Oh, and Joe Biden. Oh, my God. Joe Biden is simply falling apart. So here's what I need you to do. Hit the like button, hit the red pill, and uh, sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn. Because we're going to be right back after this. Have you ever looked in the mirror and wondered why our skin gets leathery as we get older? Well, the reason is because as we age, our bodies slowly stop producing the most important nutrient your skin requires for proper health, and that is collagen. Now, this is why tens of thousands are turning to this amazing substance to replenish this diminishing but vital protein. It uses the top five critically important types of collagen to support skin elasticity, hydration, and to bring back that youthful glow. Most important Importantly, you can save 53% off this month only simply by going to healthwithredpill.com. You can click the link in the description box below for this limited time offer before they sell out. Once again, that's healthwithredpill.com. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Good afternoon and welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, my name is Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I know that I certainly did. Yesterday, of course, was a nice, relaxing day spent working in the yard and just hanging out with the animals and, of course, Lisa. Now, on Friday and Saturday night, I had two, in my opinion, bombshell interviews. First of all, Chad Hauer on Friday, if you didn't catch that interview, you need to see how it's possible 
that an average American citizen with no connections to intelligence or criminal activity can become an international fugitive simply on the whims of a corrupt government bureaucracy. And then on Saturday night, my good friend Boone Cutler, the author of co-author with General Flynn, Parts one and two of the Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. Part two just arrived for me in the mail today, and Boone and I are going to be doing another show on part two of the book here in the coming weeks. So please make sure you're paying attention so that you can join us for that as well. Now, I see that we do have a donation over on the Foxhole. Thank you very much to Sean Joe for dropping that cookie. Um, I see that, uh, Trisha, you were asking me if I saw that video. Yes, I am familiar with that video. Uh, Nick has been a guest on the program here before. I personally don't subscribe to the work of uh, Derek Johnson. Um, I think that uh, there were some things. It's a good movie. I'm not going to deny that. I mean, it's it's fun to watch, and it's certainly uh, entertaining, and uh, it gets some things right. Some other things I just think were factually inaccurate. Um, But I don't think that uh, Derek – well, I guess I don't know anything about Derek. But I don't think that Nick was attempting to do uh, anything untowards. He he wasn't trying to put out bad information. I mean, this is – it says it's based on the work of Derek Johnson, and so that's what the work of Derek Johnson says. I just don't happen to agree with everything he says. Um, but enjoy the film if, if you've gone ahead and seen it, if uh, if you if you like it. Um, but uh, you know me. We, we deal in uh, perhaps mm, more concrete uh, things, more uh, verifiable pieces of information. There is a lot of theorizing that goes on out there. But I think that in order for us to make it through this crazy mixed up mirror world that we're living in, we have to fully understand what's happening immediately right in front of us. And uh, we'd like to begin today with a discussion about that missing F-35. Now, we have spoken about this on a number of occasions. Uh, We talked about just how strange it was that uh, this F-35 would go into ghost mode or zombie mode, as it were. The pilot was forced to eject, and then the government was asking the people of this country, hey, guess, uh, you know, do you guys have any idea where our F-35 went? That just seems so odd. But here is, as far as I know, the only video of this jet actually going down. Now, I can't even verify that this is the actual jet, uh, but this is what was alleged. This was sent to me. This is in Charleston, South Carolina. So let's go ahead and take a look. It certainly does look like an F-35, and there definitely is an explosion. When I see a video like this um, coming out around an event such as what we just experienced, you know, there's a couple of different things I'll look for. First of all, uh, you want to time the reactions of the people in the video to what it is that you're seeing on screen. 
Um, I have found that if uh, a video has been manipulated, if there is uh, perhaps, you know, computer generated graphics, you won't get the same authenticity in the voices of the people. These individuals that you can hear in the background, it sure seems to me like they are there witnessing this plane actually going down. So if this is truly the plane, obviously it dispels any such theorizing about it possibly being hijacked and flown down to Cuba. Now, I haven't seen the U.S. government comment on this video. I haven't seen really anything else about it other than the fact that they found the debris field. Um, But uh, from what it appears, this video was taken basically in the area where that debris field would be. So it seems likely that this is an actual video of that. Now, Uh, something that may not necessarily be likely, however, uh, is the truth coming from the federal government about the existence of aliens. Now, think what you will. Uh, uh, Aliens are demons. Uh, Aliens are interdimensional beings. Aliens are truly life forms from another planet. Doesn't matter, really, at the end of the day. Uh, What I believe, uh, my, my take on this is, that we're dealing with something that isn't us. Uh, It's undeniable, it seems, that uh, there is another form of life out there in whatever form it takes. I can't tell you because I've never met one. Uh, I've never actually seen one pop in front of me and give me a sample of their DNA. However, apparently, the U.S. government has, and uh, there is a leaked plan, a proposal, uh, that includes what is being called controlled disclosure, a plan uh, which would force the government to disclose whether or not aliens or whatever they are have visited Earth. Now, this is actually an amendment that was passed in July as part of the National Defense Authorization Act. Now, there was some talk at that time that they were attempting to push through perhaps some sort of um, uh, a committee or something like that. From what I understand now, uh, they have cooled on that idea. They don't want to have a committee discussing the existence of this stuff. And it's not because they're worried about people being able to handle, uh, you know, maybe that there are things out there that we're not aware of yet. Uh, The reason they don't want to talk about it is because they don't want to mess up any ongoing programs they have currently. And that makes sense. Obviously, the United States government, the military, they want to have a certain level of readiness. They want to be able uh, to have that ace in their back pocket, if you will. So uh, we do know that the Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena Disclosure Act, as it's called, says that government agencies with records, samples of craft, or biological material must hand it over within 300 days. Now, Joe Biden, the resident living in Washington, D.C., is going to have 90 days to appoint a nine-person review board who would be responsible for investigating every single record that is handed over to determine if they are considered to be genuine, unidentified aerial phenomena. And then that would become part of the disclosure that would be delivered to the public. Now, any government agency that is supposedly possessing any records like this will be required to hand over any printed and digital copies to the board, at which point they will have 180 days to investigate and then 14 days to publish their findings. Now, the government, as it exists today, is not particularly good at hitting deadlines, unless, of course, that deadline is when you have to pay your taxes. Uh, But when it's up to them, they like to push that envelope a little bit. So I wouldn't hold them to any of these uh, uh, arbitrary dates that they're giving. But here's how it works. 
the 300 day plan to announce aliens. This is I, I don't know if this graphic is coming from the Senate, uh, but this is the graphic that's included in uh, in, in the article here. Uh, so. Number one, the president has 90 days to choose nine people for his review board. Uh, Number two, they have to hand over all of those records. Number three, they have 180 days to investigate. And then number four, they publish and they tell you whether or not you need to worry about uh, the uh, upcoming takeover of humanity by our brand new alien overlords. Now, I'm not kidding uh, when I began this. I mean – I've, I've talked about this for so many years that at some point the government is going to use aliens uh, to try to instill fear, uh, to, to create a panic out there in, uh, in, in the world, you know, and I have no way of verifying the information that they're going to be delivering us. None of us have any ability to verify that. Even the people who come forward who allege to have information about this stuff – how do we know that we can trust them if they're part of the military industrial complex, if, if they're part of the overarching security state that makes up the deep state New World Order government that's trying to take over the United States and, and uh, to get rid of this great republic? How can we trust them? The truth is that we can't. We have no idea who any of these people are or even if they can trust themselves. Let me tell you a story. I recently learned about a whistleblower, a Marine, who was down, I want to say in like Panama or Peru or something like that. He was on another podcast a couple of months ago. Dude does not have a social media footprint. I want to interview him so badly because he and his squad were marching through the jungle and they came to a clearing. And in that clearing, there was a freaking UFO, right? Okay, it's it's definitely an unidentified aerial phenomenon. It was a ship. That was not a normal ship. It had lights. It was rotating. But you know what? It wasn't aliens that were coming and going from that ship. It was like unmarked U.S. military personnel. It was humans loading apparently all kinds of weaponry and human bodies. Okay, so they were using this supposed alien craft Uh, to deliver weapons covertly throughout the world, to also steal people, uh, and most likely to engage in some sort of sick brand of human trafficking. So I don't trust anything these people say. I want to know the truth, obviously. You know, I know that there are things out there that I don't understand. There are things out there that I cannot define, but I don't trust it when it's coming from the government. So just to keep this in mind, because I guarantee you that with the timeline we've got here, what? So actually, let's do the math. I mean, this puts us damn near the the 2024 election, doesn't it? (laughs) We're going to be right there. Watch them announce that aliens exist like two days before the election, and then they have to shut it all down. They have to tell everybody, oh, gosh, you know, we've got this overarching security threat. Uh, just you wait. Just you wait. That would be the way that they would do it. Uh, but I, I think that if if that happens, uh, then we need to en masse be out in the streets and demand that uh, we are allowed to have our country back. Because, you know, th- there's there's no there is no such thing that allows them to uh, completely destroy. 
destroy the uh, the Constitution and our constitutional rights and the Bill of Rights. I mean, unless, of course, we're like engrossed in wartime. Uh, there are definitely executive orders for that. So, uh, yeah, just keep your eyes open for Tom Cruise and some uh, giant walker aliens with uh, laser beams shooting from their eyes. And <laughs> I'm sorry. I just this is getting so ridiculous. Like, I just I just every day when I see these things, I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> oh, the world we live in. I have been waiting for the alien invasion meme to come, and I think it's finally here. All right, so let's jump across the pond. Let's talk a little bit about the proxy war currently taking place between NATO and the NATO aligned nations and the country of Russia. Uh, Serter says, Zach, Project Bluebeam Party for the 2024 election. That's right. Call Mulder and Scully. <laughs> oh, and I'm seeing people say that Cat Turd got, got swatted. How did they even find him? I mean, I, I didn't even know he was a guy. <laughs> I thought he was a cat. Anyways, yeah, prayers for Cat Turd and whoever else was on the podcast if they got swatted. And I think that uh, it's likely they'll probably catch whoever it was. And then hopefully they will face some very, very strict criminal repercussions, as they should, because swatting is a, a heinous act. People have died getting swatted. Mm. Can we talk about Flat Earth Rebel? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I don't want to talk about flat earth. I'm good. I'm good. We've got a lot of stuff happening on earth right in front of us. That's the stuff that I want to talk about. There are times and there are places to go down that road, but just not right now. All right. Russia has announced that they have just taken out a German tank team on Ukrainian soil. Obviously, it's a German tank. It's a German Leopold tank, uh, and it's in this special operation zone. Um, this would indicate that Ukraine is now allowing NATO-aligned forces onto their soil. Now, this should be no surprise because when Jack Teixeira, uh, the uh, the young cadet who released all of those plans about the spring offensive, uh, it, his information said that there were already NATO troops and U.S. troops that were on the ground in Ukraine, that they were assisting Ukrainian forces, uh, and obviously they were training them to use weapons and stuff like that. But this was in Lugansk. So a Russian reconnaissance team destroyed this Leopold tank in the Ukrainian military, uh, oh, of the Ukrainian military, but the crew was made of Bundeswehr soldiers in the Zaprosia region. I'm not very good at speaking Russian. I can mouth my way through a lot of words, but not that. So uh, this team apparently, when fired upon, and let's actually watch the video here. Let's let me make this a little bit bigger. So this is coming from Russia. Uh, you can see that uh, looks like they've got a drone with a camera. That's the tank. It's still in one piece, and then boom, it's gone. Okay, so they, uh, yeah, basically. They, everybody died except for like one guy. They pulled him out and he said, I'm not a mercenary. I'm a serviceman in the German military. Uh, me and the rest of the crew were members of the same unit of the German army. Uh, and then he died shortly thereafter. Now, why is this important? Well, because it's a significant escalation of the war in Ukraine. Uh, it goes to show you that NATO and NATO aligned nations, whether it's Germany, United States, you know, Poland, any of these nations, um, they're willing to push us to the brink of thermonuclear annihilation. 
uh, and they're willing to do anything that they can uh, up until the point of the complete and total destruction of the Ukrainian people. Now, what's really interesting is that despite the presence of these NATO-aligned forces, despite the hundreds of billions of dollars that have been pumped into Ukraine, despite the, the, the fact that we've got the U.S. completely running the country of Ukraine, they've made no dent in the Russian front line. The Russians uh, are essentially titanium uh, to the Ukrainians' aluminum, if you will. Um, now, a 60 Minutes report has just come out over the weekend, and it is way deeper than I had even imagined. They're reporting that the U.S. is completely funding the country of Ukraine. Now, this ought to get you fired up. They are paying the salaries of 57,000 first responders. They're also subsidizing small businesses. You've got to be kidding me. Joe Biden's administration, his residency is not even keeping American small businesses open. We're shipping jobs overseas. We're shipping hundreds of billions of dollars overseas, and we are importing third world illegal aliens. Joe Biden is single handedly destroying the nation. Now, obviously, that's not a good thing, but. The reaction from the American people, that is a good thing. People are witnessing this and they are saying, I'm done. I've had enough. There is absolutely no way this system, this system or this situation can remain tenable. And I think that it's going to bode very poorly for the Democrats and for anyone who is aligned with them and Joe Biden's residency. So we've got this budget issue that's happening here in the United States. Uh, obviously, Kevin McCarthy has essentially given Joe Biden a blank check on Ukraine. This is the major sticking point uh, that Matt Gates and the Freedom Caucus is, uh, is essentially putting their foot down on because we don't want a blank check for Ukrainian war. We do not want more money heading over to Eastern Europe. What we want is for the government of the United States to take care of the people of the United States. And there are many different avenues that could allow for that. Uh, and as we see, the country crumbles while we are putting more money into the banks and coffers of Ukrainians, while probably 50% of it is being siphoned off in some sort of corruption scheme. But the aid that we are providing to the Ukrainians uh, is not just the billions that have been reported. We've spent nearly $25 billion in non-military aid. That includes those salaries. That includes the subsidization of those small businesses so that Ukraine's economy can continue to roll forward. They can't even keep the United States economy rolling forward. Now, a correspondent for 60 Minutes actually went to Ukraine to check on this report to see what was going on over there, see how the funding uh, of the that the U.S. is sending over there is being accounted for. Uh, essentially, it's not really being accounted for. We know that a lot of it has gone missing. We know that many, many millions, if not billions, have ended up into the accounts of people who have just siphoned it off. It's pretty clear uh, that the United States is essentially just dumping ass loads of cash 
into Ukraine and it's doing absolutely nothing. Sure, maybe the western portion of Ukraine has uh, some shops that can remain open. Uh, And I bet you they don't have homeless living on the streets or pooping in the gutter. uh, And they don't have mass theft of vehicles. And they don't have smash and grabs uh, for street urchins in San Francisco. No, the type of life that we are living here in the United States, it's worse than some third world nations. Uh, and Joe Biden wants another $26 billion in military and humanitarian aid. If Kevin McCarthy wants to deliver it, and from what I understand, he wants to give him another $300 million at the beginning of this effort, it's going to cost him his job. Interestingly enough, AOC, Alexandria Occasional Cortex, has just tacitly admitted that she's ready to help Matt Gates remove Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Uh, I find that to be some sweet, sweet justice. Uh, and I want to remind you that the Republicans still control the House. So once Kevin McCarthy is removed, it's going to be a coalition that will uh, elect the next Speaker of the House. And I sincerely hope it's somebody who cares about America, who doesn't simply want to give a blank check or to load up a whole bunch of spending bills together so that we don't see the pork. The American people deserve to know what's happening. First and foremost, they need to gut the federal government. We are spending too much money. And if they think that we have the the resources or the, the mental and physical capital to continue to fund this war in Ukraine, they are absolutely mistaken. Uh, so uh, some U.S. senators met with 60 Minutes uh, while they were in Ukraine. Uh, that would be Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, and Dick Blumenthal of Connecticut. Uh, Also, of course, late Senator uh, No Name McCain uh, was included as well because he was a big proponent of helping the country of Ukraine. Uh, Now, uh, this, this report is fascinating because it kind of gives some ammunition to both sides. You know, it makes the case that we need to send more money to Ukraine. But it's also like an explicit display of just how poorly our money is being spent in Ukraine. And it gives people like us who don't want endless wars the type of ammunition that we need to uh, to to make this this argument to our elected officials. We simply cannot continue. I want to show you. Look at this. Look at this. This is an actual view from the street in Ukraine. Take a look at this. Uh, Looks like I'm going to have to open it up in a new window. Let me show you this. Russia's invasion shrank Ukraine's economy by about a third. First of all, I want you to compare the average city in western Ukraine to the average American metropolis that is run by Democrats. Just take a look. First of all, it's very clean. As I said, there's no homeless. There's no tent cities. There's nobody pooping or peeing in the gutter. Uh, There's no smash and grabs. There's no vehicle thefts. You just don't see that. So it's almost like they're spending our money better than we are. We were surprised to find that to keep it afloat, the U.S. government is subsidizing small businesses. Super. Like Tatiana Abramova's knitwear company. These are Ukrainian towns. That's Kiev, I recognize. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Especially. In the condition of war, we have to work 
we have to pay taxes, we have to pay wage, salary to our employees, we have to work. Don't stop. Why does... Let me just ask you this. What happens if something terrible happens to the United States? What happens when our economy crashes and the tax man, the IRS, wants their cut? They want to come in and cut that pound of flesh off of each and every one of us. We need our businesses to continue working. We need to keep paying our bills. Why is it that your needs supersede ours? They don't. That help Ukraine win the war. Because economy is the foundation of everything. As we will tell you here in the United States, our economy is crumbling. The United States is essentially on a death rattle at this point. And I've said this on so many occasions. The only way that we can rebuild this nation is to watch it crumble. And the best person to destroy it is Joseph Robinette Biden. American officials from USAID, the agency in charge of... USAID, which is a front organization for the Central Intelligence Agency, I might add. ...national development helped Abramova find new customers overseas. In the midst of war, her company is supporting over 70 families. We realize that it's the aid from government, but it's the aid from the heart of every ordinary American person. Shut it off. Shut it off. My heart is only so big, okay? My heart has been exhausted. I have a tough time taking care of myself and my family. I don't need to take care of some random Ukrainian broad who likes to knit. How do you feel about that? Grateful. Great. In total, America's pumped nearly $25 billion of non-military aid into Ukraine's economy since the invasion began. You know what else you notice? It's very white over there. Why, why don't they call, why, why is nobody mentioning the racial makeup of Ukraine? And you can see it working at the bustling farmer's market on John McCain Street in John Central Kiev. People <laughs> of Ukraine, this is your moment. The late senator is revered in Ukraine because he pushed the U.S. government to start sending arms to the country after Russia first invaded back in 2014. You mean when there was a referendum in Crimea and the Crimean people voted to repatriate into Russia? That invasion? Is that the invasion you're talking about? Or are you talking about when the eastern portions of Ukraine in the Donetsk and Luhansk voted to become autonomous regions because they were ethnically Russian areas where they spoke Russian language, where overnight when the CIA led a coup in the Maidan revolution, which was funded by people like John McCain, when They outlawed the new Western-aligned government in Ukraine when they outlawed the Russian language overnight, making the people of the Donetsk and Luhansk criminals because they spoke Russian. Of course, they don't want to be part of your country. You don't want them to be part of your country. You just want to subjugate them. You want want the, the free labor, okay? You want to be able to completely control these people under your thumb. You want to punish them 
You want to punish them because they're ethnically Russian. It's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. This is where your tax dollars are going to keep this nation afloat when our nation is barely treading water and to pay for this broken series in is losing U.S. weapons on the battlefield. But Lieutenant Shershan told us that's the only way they're losing them. Has anything gone missing? In my situation, in my company, in our battalion, I don't know the case like this. If you're, t- I, you know what? Ukraine is one of the most corrupt countries in the world. Okay. These people, this is how it works. All right. Things are going to go missing. People are going to take things and they're going to sell it on the black market. That's, just, you know, okay. Of course, I've, I know nothing about this. <laughs> As the war grinds towards its third year, Ukrainians are dying in trenches, in the streets of their cities, and in their own homes. It's war! The country's fighting for its survival, bankrolled in large part by U.S. taxpayers. The outcome may be decided by America's by U.S. taxpayers. The outcome may be decided by America's willingness to keep paying. <laughs> Some Americans say End we're very war. sympathetic to you Ukrainians, but we're going through tough times at home and we just can't afford to keep on supporting you. Ukrainians pay their lives. And... Uh, I believe and I hope that their lives cost much more than money, much more than uh, taxpayers' money. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you how you can alleviate those problems right now. Get out. Stop fighting. Leave. Sit down at the peace table with Vladimir Putin. The Ukrainian government has the power to stop this war right now, and they refuse to because Zelensky knows he's got the backing of NATO and the United States. And that as long as Joe Biden is the resident in charge in Washington, D.C., that money will continue to flow. As long as Kevin McCarthy is sitting in the House of Representatives as the Speaker of the House, that money will continue to flow. I want... A vote of no confidence in Kevin McCarthy. I think that it's possible to flip this around and to go in another direction. And I think it's possible to do it in a way that is not necessarily going to completely destroy every person's life here in the United States. But we've seen we've seen what happens when the neocons are running things. (laughs) Did you guys hear about this over the weekend in the Canadian Parliament? Zelensky was visiting. They gave a standing ovation to a Ukrainian-Canadian citizen, a 98-year-old man, who they said fought against Russian aggression in World War II. Do you know that the Russians fought with the Americans, the alliance, against the Nazis in World War II? The Germans took over Ukraine, the Russians entered Ukraine— And the fighting took place between the Axis and the Allies. The Allies were made up of like France, UK, United States, Russia. Okay. The the Axis was made up of Japan, Germany, 
Italy. There might have been another one in there. I can't remember right now off the top of my head. But if you were a Ukrainian fighting against the Russians in World War II, that meant that you were a Nazi. So the Canadian Parliament just gave a standing ovation to a 98-year-old Nazi who fought in a very specific SS division. They were known for committing war crimes, very similar to the same types of war crimes the Nazis in Ukraine are committing today against their Russian prisoners of war. I've seen the videos, okay? There is most certainly war crimes that are happening right now. That's what your taxpayer dollars are going to spend. So that Ukrainian Nazis can flay Russian men alive, can hang them from their feet and bleed them out, stab them, burn them, flay them, just anything you can possibly imagine. So you probably remember last week there was a visit to the United Nations by Zelensky. He tried to come and speak at Congress. And thank God Kevin McCarthy had a stroke of wisdom there and said, no, he doesn't want to. Well, uh, when he got to Canada, it, they were just, you know, bowing down to him, essentially. LKW Cross, testing rants and giving you a like nod, LOL. Hey, LKW Cross, I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you so much for the generous support. Really, really appreciate it. So <laughs> so he gave an address to the Canadian Parliament because we refused to allow him to speak at the U.S. Congress. And uh, here's what happened. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky urged Canada on Friday to stay with his country to victory as he went to the Canadian Parliament seeking to bolster support from Western allies for Ukraine's war against the Russian invasion. What that means is that uh, Justin Trudeau will then just hold his hand across the border asking for more money from the United States government. So he flew in. And uh, while he was there, they gave a standing ovation right here. Let me actually uh, uh, play this video for you. Zelensky's speech received at least a dozen standing ovations. There was also one for this man, a 98-year-old Ukrainian-Canadian who fought for Ukrainian independence against the Russians during the Second World War. Who fought for Ukrainian independence from Russia during the Second World War. Now, during the Second World War, the Nazis took over Ukraine. They were fighting the Russians who were fighting back the spread of Nazism, of fascism. Okay, so once people realized what was going on, uh, the AP, well, first of all, before the AP actually figured it out, uh, they said the Speaker of the House of Commons, Anthony Rada, who has compared Zelensky to Winston Churchill, recognized a veteran from the Second World War who fought for Ukrainian independence against the Russians and continues to support the troops today, even at his age of 98. Now, the AP has deleted their initial post because they described this 98-year-old man as having fought with the 1st Ukrainian Division in World War II before later immigrating to Canada. Well, Here's another name for the 1st Ukrainian Division. It was also known as the 14th Waffen Grenadier Division of the SS. <laughs> this is the military wing, the very, very violent military wing of the Nazi party. <laughs> Formed in 1943, SS Galichna was composed of recruits from the Galicia region in western Ukraine. The unit was armed and trained by Nazis and commanded by German officers. In 1944, the division was visited by SS head Heinrich Himmler, who spoke of the soldiers' willingness to slaughter Poles. 
And right now, Ukraine is trying to get Poland <laughs> to get more involved in their fight against Russians. So uh, they were also involved in a uh, particularly heinous example of war crimes called the Huta Pienczka massacre, where this man and his unit, the brave Ukrainian freedom fighter, burned alive 500 to 1,000 Polish villagers. You don't hear about that one much, do you? And during the Nuremberg trials, the International Military Tribunal declared that the Waffen-SS, where this man fought, were a criminal organization responsible for mass atrocities, including the persecution and extermination of the Jews, brutalities and killings in concentration camps, excesses in the administration of occupied territories, the administration of the slave labor program, and the mistreatment and murder of prisoners. Now, Canada actually has two monuments built to this SS unit. They have one outside of Toronto. The other one is in Edmonton. Canadian Jewish organizations have long called for its removal. Uh, absolutely ridiculous that they would allow this to happen. Now, of course, as you might expect, Justin Trudeau is catching a lot of heat for it. There is a reason that the AP deleted their post because this is just a little bit too far. After all of their talk about fascism and Nazis and right-wing extremists and uh, American patriots uh, essentially being the same as German Nazis, well, here we actually have someone who was a Nazi. He was an actual freaking Nazi. <laughs> so the question then becomes... How deep does this Nazi sympathy go? Uh, there's actually a bit of Nazi heritage in the uh, current deputy prime minister of Canada, Christia Freeland. Now, she insists that there are no Nazis or Nazi sympathizers in her family tree. However, thank God for things like Heritage.com and uh, other websites that allow us to go back and look at people's history. But it looks like uh, there is a love of the Third Reich in her family. Uh, and with Vladimir Zelensky now helping to recognize this former agent of the Waffen-SS, uh, it sure appears that this is deeper than they would like to admit. So Justin Trudeau uh, initially took the heat for this. Now, He's saying that, uh, you know what, it's actually the Speaker of the House. You got to blame the Speaker of the House. So, uh, however, at the time, you know, Justin Trudeau, he stood, he clapped. He, he gave homage to the, the, uh, the, the Nazi survivor. He, he, he said, hey, this is totally sweet. Um, <laughs> you got you to gotta understand this is a bit of a PR bomb. Uh, and uh, with this Ukrainian Nazi being recognized as a war criminal, uh, it's uh, really turned the heat up on Justin Trudeau and his administration. So uh, Fox News has reported that Canadian Jewish organizations and social media critics, which is basically code for anybody with the brain, are slamming the Canadian parliament for giving a man who fought for the Nazis a standing ovation during an event featuring Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Uh, FSWC is appalled that Canada's parliament gave a standing ovation to a Ukrainian veteran who served in a Nazi military unit during the Second World War implicated in the mass murder of Jews and others. Why don't we just say the mass murder of people in World War II? An apology and explanation is owed. 
<laughs> Jason Cherniak says, I was in parliament for Zelensky's speech. When a supposed war hero was introduced, I stood up and applauded. I assumed he was a partisan who fought against communist occupation after World War II. Now I've learned he was a volunteer member of an SS unit. I feel sick to my stomach. He wasn't even conscripted. He was a volunteer. <laughs> oh, God. The fact that a veteran who served in a Nazi military unit was invited to and given a standing ovation in parliament is shocking. At a time of rising anti-Semitism and Holocaust distortion, it is incredibly disturbing to see Canada's parliament rise to applaud an individual who was a member of a unit of the Waffen-SS, a Nazi military branch responsible for the murder of Jews and others, and was declared a criminal organization during the Nuremberg trials. So Justin Trudeau, what does he say? Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's office said in a statement to Fox News Digital on Sunday that the Speaker of the House has apologized and accepted full responsibility for issuing the invitation and for the recognition of Parliament. Uh, but you know what? There's only a single problem. The Speaker of the House has now come out and said, I had nothing to do with it. I didn't invite this guy. I was told to do this. So uh, I think that perhaps this goes a little bit higher up than Justin Trudeau would like to admit. Here is uh, House Leader Karina Gould, like all MPs, I had no further information other than the speaker provided. Exiting the chamber, I walked by the individual and took a photo. <laughs> oh, as a descendant of Jewish Holocaust survivors, I would ask all parliamentarians to stop politicizing an issue troubling to many, myself included. Oh, my God. Conservative leader Pierre Polierve accused Trudeau of being responsible and called for him to apologize. He demanded a personal apology from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau by inviting and honoring Ukrainian Nazi, you gotta just keep saying it, Ukrainian Nazi veteran Yaroslav Hunka, who fought in the ranks of the 14th SS Division during the Second World War. No parliamentarians other than Justin Trudeau had the opportunity to vet this individual's past before he was introduced and honored on the floor of the House of Commons. Without warning or context, it was impossible for any parliamentarian in the room other than Mr. Trudeau to know of his dark past. Mr. Trudeau must personally apologize and avoid passing the blame to others as he always does. I don't anticipate Justin Trudeau is going to do that. All right, you guys, I need you to sit back for just a moment. We've got to take a break for the second half of the show. We're going to be right back after this. You know, a lot of people don't understand that digestive issues are frequently caused by a toxin that's present in virtually all of the, quote, healthy foods scientists have been telling us to eat with their fraudulent food pyramid for the longest time. And according to Dr. Gundry, who is a world-renowned cardiologist and best-selling author, it's these toxins that cause the issues so many people face. Millions of people nationwide are living in agony every single day. And the warning signs include weight gain, fatigue, digestive discomfort, stiff and achy joints, and even skin problems. And you see, Dr. Gundry explains these side effects are often mistaken for the normal signs of aging because they usually develop over a matter of years. You see, this is progressive. In some cases, it even takes decades. And because we've been lied to, you probably have no idea that the damage to your digestive system is likely caused by these health foods, and it's far from normal. Now, the good news is you can fix this yourself from the comfort of your own home. It's really very simple. You just have to know which foods are actually healthy and which foods contain this hidden toxin. So you can find out for yourself by clicking the link in the description below. 
gutcleanseprotocol.com forward slash Zach. Once again, that's gutcleanseprotocol.com forward slash Z-A-K. Because after years of research, Dr. Gundry has decided to release an informative video to the public, totally free and uninterrupted, showcasing exactly which foods you need to avoid. So once again, click the link in the description below to visit gutcleanseprotocol.com forward slash Zach and find that free video. You're going to thank me for it because it's totally free. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. You know, I just want to say, I've mentioned this before, but my grandfather fought in World War II, okay? He fought against fascism. I can only imagine that he would be rolling in his grave to know that right now in the country of Ukraine, the United States government and the United States military and the United States intelligence community are propping up the remnants of the Nazi regime that have settled in Ukraine since the end of World War II. They were basically our men on the ground as we were fighting. Fighting communism from behind the Iron Curtain, we continue to support these Ukrainian Nazis and the Germans that were left there. It's absolutely disgusting, and there are so many people who need to pay for the crimes they've committed against the United States and against the people of planet Earth. Crimes against humanity. Now, President Trump had some interesting statements that he made yesterday about MSNBC and NBC News. Lisa was, interestingly enough, asking me earlier today, what would be like the top three things that I would do if I was running for public office? You know, and obviously, uh, you know, you, you got to take care of the economy. You got to lock down the borders and you've got to secure the elections. Uh, ending corruption, in my opinion, I mean, that's just fundamental. I hope that when President Trump comes back, that is the first thing on his list. It's almost like we know that that's what he's got to do, so he doesn't necessarily need to say it outright. But in the case of MSNBC and NBC, he certainly did. Now, we know that the mainstream media apparatus is simply a mouthpiece for the deep state criminal swamp rats that took over this nation and stole the election from Donald Trump back in 2020. And President Trump has vowed that when he comes back to office, MSNBC and NBC News will be investigated for country-threatening treason. President Trump, I hope you're listening. It's not just MSNBC. It's not just NBC. It's CNN. It's even Fox News at this point. They're the ones who called Arizona. They're the ones who screwed the pooch on uh, election night. And for anybody who thinks that Fox News like just suddenly became a bad apple, they've always been a bad apple. They just said more things that you liked, but they've always fought against the freedom that this country needs. So in a post on Truth Social, President Trump said they are almost all dishonest and corrupt, but Comcast with its one side and vicious coverage by NBC News and in particular MSNBC often and correctly referred to as MSDNC, Democrat National Committee, should be investigated for its country-threatening treason. Now, President Trump specifically taking aim at this company for their relentless pushing of the continued hoax that is known as Russiagate, a conspiracy theory perpetrated by Hillary Clinton and her campaign in an effort to try to defame and defame 
dethrone Donald Trump. This is basically a big campaign donation to Democrats being made over and over and over again. Hillary Clinton was on TV over the weekend, once again, pushing the Russia collusion hoax. This has been proven to be a conspiracy that was made up by Hillary Clinton and people on her campaign, some of whom are currently working in the Joe Biden residency. Rick Acer says, can you fix rumble rants? Just done this via phone. I don't know what you mean. Can you fix rumble rants? Just done this via phone. Um, I don't understand what you mean. Uh, everybody here, if you don't know how to do a rumble rant, uh, if you're on your app on your phone, you should be able uh, to click the dollar sign. It's like right next to where you type. Uh, if you're on the computer, uh, you, you hit that dollar sign, which is right next to the subscribe button. If you click subscribe, that will subscribe you for uh, a year through locals, which is uh, simply a, a means to support me. If you can financially support me, I want you to know how much I really appreciate it. Most people cannot and fewer and fewer people can every single day. It's exactly the nature of the beast. This, in my opinion, is how they're trying to choke out independent creators. They're making it more and more difficult for anybody to support us. And so, therefore, the first thing that goes is the financial support of the people bringing you the real news. Eleanor 2000 says, as always, Zach, we are grateful for the show and for dissecting the insane news. Everyone support him and rumble because with Cat Turd, they are all under attack. Stay undauntedly brave. Thank you so much. I sincerely appreciate that. Yes, uh, I will definitely stay brave. There's no way that they're going to stop me from doing this. And if for some reason uh, the entire country collapses, and uh, I will find a way to continue to do this show on a daily basis. So President Trump taking aim again at MSNBC and Comcast. He says their endless coverage of the now fully debunked scam known as Russia, 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 and much else is one big campaign contribution to the radical left Democrat Party. So I think that the lamestream media, as President Trump calls them, should be fully scrutinized. Uh, and I think that in the same way that the federal government needs to just be sliced in half, get rid of all agencies that are redundant when you look at the functions that states can go ahead and take care of, we need to unfund the mainstream media. The only reason that they're still alive is because the corporate overlords are pushing their advertising dollars into them. Nobody's watching them. Okay, they're taking money out of places like Rumble. They're trying to shut Rumble down, uh, from what I understand. I just saw an article. Um, I saw a headline earlier. I couldn't find the article when, when, when I went to go look for it because now it's hidden. But apparently Rumble is potentially looking at being taken off the Internet in some countries because of uh, Internet safety laws. Ooh, ooh, you're not safe getting the truth. You can't handle the truth, apparently. The only thing you can handle is the spoon-fed regurgitation of the fake mainstream news that the various platforms are willing to force down your throat. That's the only thing that's good enough for you. You're not smart enough to figure out things for yourself. You're not intelligent enough to figure fact from fiction or what's real and what's not. Only what the overlords tell us. Obviously, I'm being facetious. Freight Awakening uh, says, I'm sending $2 because your mom told me to. <laughs> well, thank you, Fredo. I, I, I appreciate it, brother. I know, I know that things are tough out there. That really means a lot. Uh, so anyways, he says, I say up front, openly and proudly, 
that when I win the presidency of the United States for the third time, that's my words, they and others of the lamestream media will be thoroughly scrutinized for their knowingly dishonest and corrupt coverage of people, things, and events. Why should NBC or any of the other corrupt and dishonest media companies be entitled to use the very valuable airwaves of the USA free? Yeah, why are they allowed to use it for free? Why don't they have to pay for that spectrum? I got to pay to stream to you guys. I have so many fees I got to pay every single month just to keep this stupid show on the air. But the MSNBCs of the world, they just get carte blanche. They get blank checks sent to them every single month. They are a true threat to democracy. They're a threat to the republic. The enemy of the people, the fake news media should pay a big price for what they've done to our once great country. Amen. Donald Trump. 07. Kitsko says, sending five. Don't want to be in trouble with mom either. Mom, I don't know what you said, but thank you very much. And what's going on with the pill chat? Why, you guys, has this is has this been happening the whole time? Because it uh, it really should be working. I don't understand what's going on here. That's the gold pills. Here is the regular pills. There we go. Okay, cool. They're online. Uh, let me real quick, since we have uh, several donations over there on Pilled, let me just say, Shanjo, thank you very much uh, for that cookie. Porpoiseful, thank you for the cookie. Nikki the Greek, thank you for the cookie. Filter Dog, thanks for the can. Uh, also, he says, well, now Mossad knows where to find the criminal. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> yeah. Don't they have like Nazi hunters out there? Mossad has Nazi hunters. Uh, Red Red Gun 51, thank you for the cookie. Porpoiseful, appreciate the cookie. Uh, Cyber XB says supporting both RP78 and Pilled. Sorry, Rumble. That's fine. Uh, you are supporting Pilled, and that is extremely important as well. Uh, now Fredo says, I'm sending seven, so mom likes me better. <laughs> oh, Fredo, my mom knows that you are a true OG supporter. So thank you very much. All right, so. Thinking once more, I want to take it back a little bit to the Biden regime, okay? This illegitimate residency we have currently in Washington, D.C. There was a a stunning exchange that took place in Congress the other day. We had uh, a committee that was questioning Antony Blinken. Now, recently, Joe Biden has had a couple of missteps while he was speaking live. And there have been, at uh, various times, somebody who is controlling the mute button so that he couldn't keep talking and embarrassing himself. So let me play you this clip here, and uh, and and let's talk about it. First of all, I want to just say that Anthony Blinken is one of the most dishonest and creepy people I've ever seen. He has made his career by attaching himself to Joseph Robinette Biden. So this man is corrupt through and through. Just uh, he's a he's a company man. Let's say. Look, we've all seen this. We saw it as as recently as yesterday. Somebody in the White House has authority to press the button and stop the president, cut off the president's uh, uh, speaking ability and sound. Who is that person? I think anyone who knows the president, uh, including members of this uh, committee, knows that uh, he speaks very clearly and very uh, deliberately uh, for himself. Uh, No one else does. Well, are are you saying that there is no one in the White House that can cut him off? Because yesterday that happened, and it's happened a number of times before that. It's been widely reported that somebody has the ability to push the button and, and cut off his sound and stop him from speaking. Who is that person? There is, there, there is no such person again. Oh, God. Anthony Blinken, it's been widely reported. Even the fake news media is reporting on it. We've got the videos. We've seen it. 
Kitsko says, I will always be favorite. Thank you so much. Cranop says, cookie points for noob with ma. Thank you so much, Cranop and Eleanor2000. Well, including the $5 in that Rumble rant might help. Thank you very much. I, I definitely appreciate it. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for supporting the program. Thank you for supporting me and my mission to continue to bring you quality analysis of what's happening in the world. But Anthony Blinken's face, he's so strained. He's like, oh, God, don't say the wrong thing. It's like He looks like somebody's got their hand up his rear end. And uh, <laughs> he, he just doesn't know where to go with this one because he knows he knows that everybody can see the truth. Uh, the president uh, speaks for himself, uh, makes all of the strategic decisions, really uh, informed by the best advice. That you sure about that? You sure about that? You sure about that? Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that, Anthony Blinken? Get from the uh, the people around him. So are you unaware that this is actually happening? Because it happened yesterday at the uh, interagency fire center. Can I ask you a question? Of course. One of the things that uh, I've been working on with some others is... It was widely reported. That was back in 2021. This has been going on since Joe Biden stepped foot back in D.C., Media's reported on it, and it's not the first time it's happened. It's happened several times. Are you telling this? Are you telling this committee that this does not happen? That there's no one in the White House who pushes the button and, and cuts him off in mid sentence? That's correct. That, that's because they're sitting in the production room. It's in a trailer that's outside the White House. So technically, Anthony Blinken is not perjuring himself here. Look at him, Mr. So Rich. this didn't happen yesterday, nor on the other occasions where the media <laughs> showed the American people that his sentence was cut off in mid-sentence. Yeah. Are you saying that didn't happen? Senator, I'm, I really don't know what you're, uh, what you're referring to. All I can tell you is, uh, having uh, worked with the president uh, for now uh, 20 years, both here uh, on this committee uh, and uh, – in uh, over the last nine months at the White House, the president very much speaks for himself. Lies. This is like the, the this is the very definition of uh, like like brainwashed level programming. OK, <clears throat> like you don't believe your lion eyes or your lion ears. I'm going to give you guys an example of Joe Biden. This is contemporaneous to our conversation today. He just was delivering some remarks uh, at an island, a Pacific Island diplomatic type meeting. Okay, LKW Cross, uh, thank you, says uh, Gypsy Nurse Kathy, I will do it for you. Here is 17 from Nurse Kathy. She loves you, too. And then Cranop also (laughs) dropped on behalf of Gypsy Nurse Kathy. You guys are too kind. Thank you so much. Thank you very, very much. Really, really appreciate it, guys. All right, so while he was in this meeting, while he's delivering his, his remarks, I mean, it's a very classic style of, uh, of, of communication that we see from Joe Biden. I'm just going to go ahead. We're just going to play the clip. All right, and I think that this is probably one of those times where they wished they had that button. Maybe they... Today, I'm pleased to announce we're working with Congress to invest $40 billion in our Pacific billion? Islands Infrastructure Initiative. We call it the PPI, anyway, it doesn't matter what we call it, but that's what it is. <laughs> I, I was going to get back to acronyms, and I'm going to, I'm going to, well, Stan's not doing that. So today. 
God. If it wasn't so painful. If it just wasn't so painful. Oh, God. Here's another one. He's just a stuttering mess. Thank you very much. And I think I'm now turning this over to Cook Islands. I'm going to turn it to you. Oh, there's Blinken. Mr. Prime Minister, the floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he, he... He doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground, you guys. He's completely shot, totally out of it. And if to make matters worse, he was at an event where LL Cool J was attending. LL Cool J, you might remember, was a big hip-hop star in like the 80s and 90s. Homeboy's 55 years old. Joe Biden called him a boy. This is not the first time Joe Biden has referred to a black man as a boy, uh, he actually caught himself. Uh, this was at the 2023 Phoenix Awards dinner at the Washington Convention Center in Washington, D.C. So some classics that he told uh, some some familiar lies. Well, let me say uh, Sean Joe says, God bless Zach. Thank you so much, Sean Joe. Really appreciate you, buddy. Uh, and then also thank you again to Sean Joe over on the pilled.net. Really appreciate that, buddy. Thanks. Thanks so much. Um so Joe Biden, uh, he lied about being involved in the civil rights movement. He wasn't involved in the civil rights movement. He fought to stop schools from integrating. He was he was the guy standing there with the fire hose, like like blasting the black kids as they were coming into school. Uh, he also hang on. Let me let me open this up. All right. Uh, he said, I started off as a kid in the civil rights movement in Wilmington, Delaware, when I was in high school and the community, we won the we, we won by a staggering 3,100 or 3,200 votes when I ran the first time for the Senate. And then <laughs> I'm just going to play this Joe Biden calling LL Cool J boy. The two of the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip hop in America. LLJ Cool J. Uh, LLJ Cool J. By the way, that boy's got, that man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think he's been. And MC Light, both of you, thank you. Because they're both great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip hop in America. LLJ Cool J. LLJ Cool J. LL Corn Pop, <laughs> Coyote Patriot. Oh, God. I, I used to love LL Cool J when I was a kid. Let me tell you. At least he got MC Light correct. Thighs. I think he's been. Uh, he got man's got biceps bigger than my That boy's got. He got man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think he's been. And MC Light. Both of you. Thank you. Because they both have the light off on the mic, you know, you're, uh, you're all here to listen to the new edition. Mike Bibbins, 40 years producing music that lifts our souls. It's just sad. It's just sad. I wish that they would have had a view of LL Cool J's face when Joe Biden said, uh, boy, when he called him a boy. This is, again, not the first time. Oh, wait a second. Hold on. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see some commentary from the black community. I told him. I told y'all. Biden said he going to refund the police. Uh. <laughs> I said, he said he going to refund the police, Shine. Uh. All y'all talking to defund the police? 
fine saying no, 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 no. <laughs> Man, I wish that they okay. <laughs> oh, there's a classic. There's a classic corn pop. Oh, Joe Biden, head racist in charge. Oh God. Here is when he referred to the black director of FEMA as a boy. Good afternoon, everybody. We're waiting for a few more people to get on, but we're going to get started, if that's okay with you all. And thanks for joining me. I'm here. Uh, uh, the FEMA director is on. Uh, uh, FEMA director Chris Wells, she's on. And I'm here with, uh, with my senior advisor and uh, boy who knows Louisiana very, very well, man. And in New Orleans, and uh, Cedric Richmond. With a boy, like how dismissive of Joe Biden to call grown men boys. That's my boy. That's, I'm your boy, Blue. All right. Uh, let me say thank you to Ziva95, who says, I want in on the spaghetti dinner. You are definitely in. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so listen to this. Listen to this. Turns out that the GOP have just revised their predictions about how much money the Bidens were paid, at least during the time that Joe Biden was vice president. Before, they only could identify $20 million. Well, turns out that it's actually closer to $50 million, which is more than double what they initially believed it to be. So, This is all predictions that have been made upon their ongoing investigation into the Biden crime family. And they're looking to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt these $50 million that enriched the Biden crime family through their crooked pay-to-play schemes while Joe Biden was vice president of the United States of America. Now, how can they predict it? Well, because they've got receipts. They've got the bank statements, my friends. Based on evidence I've seen so far, I think the number is going to be north of $50 million that we're talking about here. Representative Nancy May said this. Uh, Katzel says, when is dinner? Love you, Zach. Thank you so much. You're going to have to talk to my mom about that one. She's going to be planning it. So throughout the investigation, the House Oversight Committee, they've unveiled several tranches of bank records. We've seen all that. We know about that. We know about at least $20 million from business schemes in Romania, in China, in Russia, in Ukraine, in Kazakhstan, basically any country that Joe Biden could set foot in that wasn't explicitly Western. He was there to grift as much money as possible. We have nine different Biden family members who received payments from these foreign business ventures, and that includes two of Joe Biden's grandchildren. This is going to go down as one of the most politically corrupt presidents and families in U.S. history, and we've got to show and prove it to the American people. I agree. We've got to prove this to the American people. We have to show them everything we have so that the American people will revolt against Joe Biden, turn their backs on him. Anyone who previously supported him needs to understand exactly the type of caliber of man that he has rules for thee, but not for me. So Comer was asked, do you believe that number is realistic and right in regards to the $50 million? He said, I do think it's realistic. 
Joe Biden's brother, who secretly negotiated a $140 million settlement deal in 2012 between a U.S. company and the Saudi Arabian government due to his relationship with Vice President Joe Biden, simply wouldn't have existed if it wasn't for that relationship. $140 million. We haven't gotten to Jim Biden yet, so that $140 million is yet to be tacked onto the 50 that we're already certain of. The subpoena for Jim Biden's personal bank records will be the first crack at Jim Biden. Remember, Jim didn't leave a laptop lying around, so it's not been as easy to track his transactions. Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, Cassandra says, Zach, we sure know how to get you more support. RP Mama Bear is the key. Thank you, Mom. Tattoo Teacher says, Spaghetti Dinner, I will bring the wine. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Eleanor 2020, I don't eat spaghetti nor drink, but can I come? Eleanor, yes, you're absolutely invited. I don't drink either, but I do absolutely love spaghetti. I didn't eat spaghetti for years, and very recently I've begun to eat it again. Freight Awakening says, Meatball Fund for the Spaghetti Dinner, not the Sanctus. Yeah, different meatball, different meatball. Oh, gosh. So with this subpoena for Hunter and Jim's personal and business bank records, that means that this week we may get news from the committee. Now, Comer did not issue any subpoenas sooner because the committee insisted on practicing restraint to show good faith. They wanted to give the Bidens the opportunity to cooperate with them without being forced to give this information over. Now, Hunter has outwardly denied the committee's request. They asked him back in February for the documents and communications. They claimed that the demands lacked a legitimate legislative and oversight basis. So he didn't want to hand over the information. However, I think the American people deserve to know how the son of the vice president and now the resident of the United States of America is making his money. Comer said, we believe that this was a very organized crime ring because of the way the money was dispersed through LLCs and the shell companies and the way the money was dispersed through the various Biden family members. Joe Biden was very involved in this. He knew what the family was doing. Of course, the House Democrats have uh, uh, called out their allies in the mainstream media asking for investigations of Republicans. Uh, We have one person, Hunter Biden's lawyer, telling CNN, I can tell you that Hunter did not share his business with his dad. I can tell you that he did not share money from his businesses with his dad. And as the evidence is out there, his dad, like all good parents, tried to help Hunter when Hunter needed that help, like when you needed a favor to get that deal pushed over the edge. Now, I, I think it would be foolish to believe that Hunter Biden wrote Joe Biden a check and said, you know, for your help in securing foreign overseas business dealings. That's not how criminal families work. They're a little bit smarter than that, even though Joe Biden is probably one of the dumbest people I've seen ever. Uh, Spray and Pray says, are you still drinking Bang? You need to grow up and step it up to C4. Bang is C4's <laughs> nephew. I've never had C4 before. I don't know. Is that, uh, do they sell it at GNC? For, uh, thank you very much, Fredo. Appreciate it. Uh, today I'm drinking coffee. Lisa made me some delicious coffee. Mm. All right, so uh, this is um, a post which is coming from VigilantNews.com by the Vigilant Fox. Uh, Turns out some new emails have just been revealed, which show that the Biden White House actively worked to cover up COVID vaccine harm from the public. That should surprise nobody uh, because we've known about this for a very long time. But having the emails in hand, now that is something special. 
Anthony, excuse me, Edward Berkovich uh, is an attorney, and he made a request under the FOIA Act uh, to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention back in August. He asked for emails between Dr. Rochelle Walensky, you might remember her, Sherry Aberger, and Kevin Griffiths, all of them working for the CDC between February 1st of 2021 and May 31st of 2021. And he wanted to include the term myocarditis. Now, Initially, the government sent over 472 pages. Uh, However, uh, they believe that uh, a whistleblower was recently involved because another 46 pages were delivered to Mr. Berkovich. Now, uh, there are over 80 percent of the 46 pages were fully redacted, and they involved other government entities like the White House and the executive office of the president. But on those 46 pages, only two pages were released without any redactions. Seven pages were partially redacted pages, and 37 were completely redacted. Now, normally, Redacted pages come with black bars that conceal the withheld text, but since 37 pages were fully redacted, you don't even see black bars. It just looks like a blank page. They did that intentionally, obviously, because they don't want anybody uh, being at at all close to figuring out what is on it. Uh, Now, Exemption 5 of the uh, Reductions and Exemptions uh, statute state that the presidential communications privilege protects documents solicited and received by the president or his immediate White House advisors who have broad and significant responsibility for investigating and formulating the advice to be given to the president. So it's worth considering that likely these pages have been fully redacted because they were presidentially privileged communication, specific information that was requested by the office of the president. So that means that the president and his close advisors in the White House have a special rule that stops you from being able to look at their communications. It keeps all of those documents private. So Naomi Wolf says the reason for all these redactions is that what is redacted was solicited or shared with the president or his most senior advisors. So then the question becomes, what is in those documents? Well, if we go back to May of 2021, particularly between May 24th to May 25th, we had high-ranking officials from the White House, the CDC, the NIH, and others who were freaking out. What were they panicking about? Well, they were panicking about myocarditis and TTS. TTS is thrombotic thrombocytopenia syndrome. Now, if you put it into simpler terms, that means heart damage, blood clots, and low platelet counts, which is, of course, a bleeding risk. So, They crafted a media response, and the media response doesn't tell the truth. These are summaries from those emails that were found from the FOIA documents that were produced and were unredacted. Now, in the first set of emails, you've got a thread on the 24th and the 25th, which is titled Draft White House Script and Slides. They're crafting the narrative. This is an email sent by Abigail Tumpy. She was a former key communicator at the CDC, sent it over to Rochelle Walensky, who was the director of the CDC at the time. And of course, she copied several other high-ranking health officials. Attached to that email was a draft meant for a press conference but the entire 10-page content is blacked out and we can't see it. If we go to the 25th of May, Benjamin Wakana, who is a a top White House communications official, sent an email titled COVID Tough Q&A to several key health figures, which included Dr. Berlinski, Dr. Fauci, Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, and several other White House advisors. This email had an attachment, which was named Tough Q&A, 52421 11 p.m. Doc X. He was up late. 
getting this presentation together. Now, the email says, hi, please attach, find the latest tough Q&A. New topics include, and all of the topics are redacted. The key attached document, which appears to be 17 pages long, is also completely redacted. The final email is from Grace Kwok, who was White House advisor to the Deputy COVID-19 Response Coordinator, the Executive Office of the President, and she asked Dr. Walensky's Executive Assistant, Lynn Gershman, where to find papers and briefings about updates on TTS and myocarditis. Ms. Gresham forwarded this request from the White House to Sherry Berger. Now, the full report of this email investigation can be found on the Daily Clout, and uh, it's quite clear that we have a crisis meeting going on, and they're working to figure out their messaging specifically on myocarditis and TTS, the thrombotic typosemia. Uh, Now, uh, we need to get into this piece of news, because now that we are a couple of years on from the vaccines being rolled out, there was a very interesting, a a very interesting episode of a podcast which came out over the weekend. And there was a uh, embalmer that was the interviewee on that podcast. And they said since April, May of 2021, when those emails were being sent, 50% of bodies that have been coming through the morgues have white fibrous clots. Kitsko said, how can they keep that out of the public eye, but not Trump's lawyers? Um, Oh, you're talking about Trump's lawyers communications. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think probably because uh, the communications between Trump and his legal team happened when he was officially not president anymore. Um. And I have never seen anything that was FOIA'd during Trump's administration uh, that would be an example of the same type of thing. Now, <clears throat> uh, one of the people who was being uh, interviewed is an embalmer by the name of Richard Hirschman. Uh, Richard Hirschman was actually in the film Died Suddenly. That was released in late 2022. It's a great film, great documentary if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's gotten almost 19 million views, highly watched. But uh, he delivers a fascinating account of the anomalies that he found in deceased human bodies since the rollout of these experimental vaccines. This is where we get the best possible firsthand evidence of these white fibrous clots that have been showing up in people's bodies. These are not normal clots. But back in September of 2022, uh, we got some additional details of what Hirschman has seen and the astronomical numbers of these issues that he has found. Here is a photo of these white clots. I mean, these disgusting white clots. <clears throat> Let me see. There Turn is- off oh. your electrical appliances. Got to get past the ad. Plug this in to slash electricity bills by up to 90%. All right, let me find this is with CanCon. We started seeing in early 2021. Uh, I thought that there was going to be a better photograph of it, but there isn't. Anyways, you guys need to you guys need to watch this. I love that he's wearing the Badlands shirt in here uh, and he's on the doing the Gateway Pundit show. Anyways, uh, this is a a serious interview that I think people need to uh, to check out. So I'm going to go ahead and drop the link to this because it's an hour long. Yeah, the clots have been talked about for two years, uh, but what's happening right now is that we have an explosion of information and people understanding that their lives have been put at risk. Never take it for granted that because we've known about these clots for two years, 
that people who got the vaccine or people who didn't get the vaccine don't know about this stuff. We have to continue to push this data so that people can continue to wake up. And uh, there is uh, no better person than, I think, Richard Hirschman, who, as far as I'm concerned, is one of the first people uh, really talking about this. Now, you had different people out there posting about it, but you didn't have a lot of people who were willing to put their name on the line to deliver it. So definitely check this out, and uh, it's worth watching. Yes, Uh Midnight Rider 2 says the Nazis never went away. I was in Germany three years, NATO, and we seen the Nazis. They didn't go away. Yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, Also, the Mayo Clinic has just announced that uh, it's now safe to take hydroxychloroquine. If you've got any uh, libtards in your family who refuse to believe uh, that hydroxychloroquine is an effective treatment against COVID-19 or other things, you can now take them to the Mayo Clinic's own website because they list hydroxychloroquine as an effective treatment for patients with COVID-19. In their site, it actually says hydroxychloroquine may be used to treat coronavirus in certain hospitalized patients, and they specify coronavirus COVID-19. Now, previously, uh, they claimed that hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine were malaria drugs authorized for emergency use by the FDA during the pandemic. However, the FDA withdrew that authorization when data analysis shows that the drugs were not effective for taking COVID-19. I guarantee you, you've got somebody in your life who is willing to tell you that you're a conspiracy theorist because you believe hydroxychloroquine uh, will be an appropriate treatment or that ivermectin is a horse treatment or something like that. But uh, obviously, this is not the case. President Trump uh, has spoken about hydroxychloroquine for a long time. He got a lot of heat from it. Dr. Z is the one who turned him onto it. Uh, and uh, of course, the liberal left in the mainstream media had to denigrate the idea because if that treatment was available, then the emergency use authorization for the COVID-19 pandemic for the vaccine, which is not a vaccine, uh, would not have been able to uh, stand. Uh, You can't have an emergency use when there is an effective treatment that is existing. And that's why they had to demonize hydroxychloroquine and they had to demonize uh, ivermectin. Okay. Uh, All right. So um, you guys were pretty close to the end here, but I, oh, we didn't even get to Bob Menendez. I'm sorry. I've been just completely uh, focused on everything else. Bob Menendez. All right. You might remember Bob Menendez from my show because I talked about him, uh, for a while now. He, he was initially rumored, uh, well, he was caught, uh, trying to meet up with 12 year old child trafficking victims while in the Dominican Republic. Now he has been indicted on a whole host of various charges. Uh, he is (laughs) defiant until the end claims that he will be exonerated. Uh, But I think this time they are not going to be able to wiggle their way out of this. The last time he was accused of crimes, it wasn't for the child trafficking. They they wouldn't go after him for that. Uh, And at the time, they also said that he was attempting to meet up with young prostitutes. These are 12-year-old human trafficking victims that Bob Menendez was trying to rape while he was in the Dominican Republic. Luz Garcia, 1224, says, I was prescribed hydroxychloroquine for antiphospholipid syndrome. Yes, uh, they, uh, they, they do prescribe hydroxychloroquine for uh, a number of things. Uh, somebody else was telling me that they, they had it for, uh, for arthritis. 
Thank you for that, Luz. Appreciate it. All right. But Bob Menendez has been under investigation for a long time. I think it was like a year ago uh, this information leaked out from the grand jury. Uh, And he's been accused of corruption on many, many times. Uh, He is a senator from New Jersey, and New Jersey has the greatest propensity among their elected officials to engage in public corruption, although the actual people of New Jersey are not as corrupt as the people who are running the state. Eleanor says, Zach, Mike Adams conducted an elemental analysis of Hirschman's fibrous structures worth reading, not mom's spaghetti for sure. Oh, wow, that's great. Thank you very much. I had no idea. I will definitely get that pulled up. Okay, cool. All right, so on Friday, the U.S. attorney who is overseeing the case against Bob Menendez and his wife, Nadine, announced that his uh, wife and charges have been in his wife and he have been indicted on charges of bribery and corruption. Uh, He is going to be stepping down as chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, but he's not going to be actually leaving his position. Uh, He's going to remain a senator. Uh, This is coming out of the Southern District of New York, and it's a three count indictment against Bob and his wife, Nadine. Um, There was a man by the name of Fred Daibi. He's a real estate developer. He's a businessman in New Jersey. Uh, Also, while Hannah and Joseph Uribe, these three co-defendants were charged along with Bob Menendez. So the the uh, U.S. attorney for SDNY said the senator and his wife accepted hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes, cash, gold, home mortgage payments, jobs, cars and other things of value in exchange for using his power and influence to protect and enrich New Jersey businessmen and to benefit the government of Egypt. Nadine Menendez was given a no-show job or a low-show job. Uh, One of these guys, the whale Hannah, he gave her a Mercedes-Benz and gave her a whole bunch of other gifts and things of value. When they raided Bob and Nadine's house, they found over $500,000 of cash, about $583,000 in cash. In envelopes, stuffed into pockets of shirts, into pockets of suits, some in their safe. Uh, Some of the the stuff was uh, also contained envelopes that had DNA and fingerprints of these co-conspirators. So that's how they knew exactly who had given them the money. There was also bars of 100% pure gold. Look at this. Over $100,000 in gold bars were found at the Menendez household. Back in October of 2017, when he got off initially, he was also on trial for bribery. He was at that time facing over a dozen criminal charges, and he was accused of accepting nearly three quarters of a million dollars in campaign-related cash and then thousands of dollars in free hotel room and air travel. Undoubtedly, that was used when he went to the Dominican Republic. It's a favorite spot of Senator Menendez. There were four hookers who were confirmed to have had sex parties with Salmon Melgan and Senator Bob Menendez while in the Dominican Republic. I don't know if those were the underage hookers or if these were other hookers. This is obviously also before his marriage to Nadine. Uh, But the judge in that trial declared a mistrial uh, because jurors were unable to reach a verdict after one week. Uh, Now, this is Bob Menendez replying 
to these charges. He says he will not resign, even though he is indicted on bribery and worse. Um, He said that although he is not going to resign, he will step down as the chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. uh, And he is uh, not going to be listening to his fellow Democrats who said that he should no longer be in office. Let's go ahead and take a listen. Moderated, but I still will be the New Jersey's senior senator. For now, I want to address four things. First, a cornerstone of the foundation of American democracy and our justice system is the principle that all people are presumed innocent until proven guilty. All people. I ask for nothing more. Unless you're Donald Trump. And uh, yeah. (laughs) And deserve nothing less. The court of public opinion is no substitute for our revered justice system. We cannot set aside the presumption of innocence for political expediency when the harm is irrevocable. Let me ask you this, uh, Senator Menendez. I believe I believe that you have the right to the presumption of innocence. But there's an old saying, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's probably a freaking duck. All right. And in your case, if it looks like a crooked congressman, if it talks like a crooked congressman and it smells like a crooked congressman and it has nearly six hundred thousand dollars in cash in their home and one hundred thousand plus dollars in gold bars, just, you know, littered around, covered with the DNA and fingerprints of the men that you're accused of taking bribes from. Well, it's probably a crooked congressman. Let me also remind you that Bob Menendez's salary in 2022 was $182,000, $182,189 to be exact. So uh, with his uh, various residences in Washington, D.C. and in New Jersey, his wife also had her own house that was taken out of foreclosure uh, and paid off by one of these guys uh, who is alleged to have engaged in bribery with he and Nadine. Just how in the world is he saving 600 grand? Uh, I mean, that's more money than he made in the last, you know, three years, four years, five years. Tell me, how is it? Now, all of this bribery didn't start until he met up with his current wife. So I think she probably had a lot to do with it. Those who have rushed to judgment, you have done so based on a limited set of facts framed by the prosecution to be as salacious as possible. Fingerprints and DNA. Okay, you're effed. Remember, prosecutors get it wrong sometimes. Sadly, I know that. Instead of waiting for all the facts to be presented, others have rushed to judgment because they see a political opportunity for themselves or those around them. All I humbly ask for in this moment in my colleagues in Congress, the elected leaders and the advocates of New Jersey that I have worked with for years, as well as each person who calls New Jersey home, is to pause and allow for all the facts to be presented. He's screwed. He's going to prison. There's just no two ways about it. Now, the the obvious question is, if the money and the gold were not the fruit of ill-gotten gains, if this was not, as the prosecution alleges, bribery payments 
for Bob Menendez to give special treatments, favors, and also to hand over sensitive information to the government of Egypt. Not classified information, but sensitive information. Then just what was it? I mean, Bob, it's a lot more than just the money that they found there. Uh, He has uh, been accused of helping to enrich the three men that are co-conspirators and indicted alongside of him. He has steered U.S. policy in favor of the country of Egypt. And uh, he, of course, had to invoke his Cuban heritage during the press conference. I want you to remember that the U.S. attorney is black. Uh, Bob Menendez would like for you to believe that U.S. prosecutors, that black U.S. attorney, simply cannot handle the idea of a first-generation Cuban-American rising to the heights of power. And, of course, he and his family escaped the horrors of communism. And he would like for you to believe that this is all— be the biggest fight— Uh, yet. But as I have stated throughout this whole process, I firmly believe that when all the facts are presented, not only will I be exonerated, but I still will be the New Jersey's senior senator. Yeah, that's just simply not going to happen, Bob Menendez. You are screwed this time. Uh, Let's talk a little bit more about these uh, specific claims. Uh, In the indictment, The U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York has alleged that Menendez leaked sensitive information about the U.S. embassy in Cairo to Egypt's government. Not only that, he ghost wrote letters for the Egyptian government. That means that he wrote a letter, gave it to the Egyptian government for the Egyptian government to deliver to Congress. So he used his personal position to help steer U.S. policy, didn't tell any of his colleagues that he was the one who wrote this letter. It was sent to his colleagues in the Senate, and it was trying to persuade them to withdraw objections to U.S. military aid to the country of Egypt. He said, I have remained steadfast on the side of civil society and human rights defenders in Egypt. My record is clear and consistent in holding Egypt accountable for its unjust detention of American citizens and others, and efforts that have eroded the independence of its judiciary. Now, Menendez also claimed that he directly confronted the president of Egypt regarding U.S. military aid to the country. He said, back in 2019, I met with El Sisi at the MSC and emphasized the level of repression inside Egypt affecting our security cooperation and purchase of a Russian missile system. I placed holds on four military sales funding to Egypt. Now, he didn't say whether or not he was going to seek re-election for a fourth term in 2024, but if he's not in jail, I tend to believe that he will. Bob Menendez thinks that he is untouchable. He's been in Congress for, what, 30 years and various, uh, well, public life uh, as an elected official for 30 years. Uh, But he claims that the wads of cash— inside of his home, were simply his own personal savings. Bob Menendez, the senator, apparently doesn't trust the banks. So he he would rather have nearly $600,000 in cash and over $100,000 in gold bars just uh, hanging out at home. The only reason people do that is because they don't want the government getting their hands on it. And when you're a senator 
who is illegally taking bribes and handing over sensitive information to the leaders of foreign nations uh, as you sit on the Senate Foreign Intelligence Committee. Good God, man. It's bad news. Bad news bears. Uh, One final story. Bad news bears for Smartmatic as well. They've been implicated in a bribery scheme. Bribery again. Public corruption will do you in every time. This time in the Philippines. Now, Smartmatic is the same company that was originally started by agents in Venezuela. Uh, It ended up being cannibalized by Sequoia, which was then cannibalized by the people at Dominion Voting Systems. Smartmatic runs the software that runs on all of these electronic voting (laughs) voting systems. And if they were rigging elections in the Philippines, where they've been caught rigging elections before— Who's to say that they weren't also rigging elections here in the United States of America? They are, as we speak, an unindicted co-conspirator in this bribery scheme. And from what I understand, it's likely they will be indicted at some point in the near future. We've got four executives who have been named as co-conspirators. And Smartmatic is, of course, embroiled in lawsuits against a number of people here in America and a number of other firms. That includes Mike Lindell and Fox News. Uh, This is, as I said, not the first time that they've been embroiled in a scheme uh, which was designed to steal the election and deprive the people of Philippines the right to elect the people that they want to represent them. It's very similar to what we've got going on here in the United States of America. Uh, And it's also not the first time that they've been accused of doing something similar here in the United States. Look at this, Just Human. Smartmatic, the voting technology company suing Fox News, is, of course— now saying that they've done nothing wrong. Patrick Byrne actually posted about this uh, over the weekend. He is somehow involved in this case. Uh, I don't know exactly how. I haven't had a chance to see the uh, the the video, uh, but it's definitely something that I think that uh, uh, is worth a watch. Now, according to the charging documents, in or around the later part of 2015 and 2016, Company 4 Company four won bids for three contracts worth a total approximate value of $199 million. That was to supply Comelec with voting machines and related services for the May 2016 election for president, vice president, and other positions. Now, the man who's accused, a Philippine uh, politician or a bureaucrat, uh, Batista, his wife informed the Philippine National Bureau of Investigations that her husband had large amounts of unexplained wealth. His wife actually turned him in back in 2017. His wife informed the Philippine National Bureau of Investigation agents that her husband had large amounts of unexplained wealth. She informed NBI's anti-fraud division that her husband had approximately 1 billion Philippine peso or approximately $20 million U.S. of ill-gotten wealth. It was at their residence. She found foreign bank accounts information for Bauman, Shell Company X, and Shell Company Y, and she previously did not know they existed. So Bautista, in his capacity as chairman of Comelec, received and attempted to receive bribes from co-conspirators 1, 2, 3, and 4. That would be the Smartmatic employees. Vendor A, in exchange for using his position as chairman of Comelec to assist Company 2, Company 4, and others to obtain and retain business and improper advantages, including payments from Comelec, co-conspirators 1 through 4 furthered the criminal scheme using personal email accounts and messaging applications to avoid detection, and in particular, co-conspirators 1 and 3 used email accounts registered under 
aliases. All four of those co-conspirators are alleged to have caused or attempted to launder at least four million U.S. dollars through foreign and U.S. bank accounts for the benefits of Bautista. I sincerely hope, I sincerely hope that the people at Smartmatic and anybody else out there who would seek to undermine the elections of America, the Philippines, or any other country gets exactly what's coming to them. The Philippine people were not happy the last time Smartmatic screwed the pooch on their elections. So one final set of thank yous over here. I don't think I missed anything on Rumble, but let me just check. Uh, Yeah, Eleanor. Eleanor was the last one. Thanks again, Eleanor. Uh, And then over here on Pilled Salty Nuts says, not interviewing trannies or bashing Derek Johnson today. Uh, When did I interview a tranny? And uh, I'm not bashing Derek Johnson. Uh, Willie Breakit says, uh, Dems want Menendez to step down so that they can do that against Trump. Uh, And then who cares? Well, you know, they can they can request that somebody step down. Um, I think that in the case of uh, Bob Menendez, Uh, They understand that he is a bad look for the Democrats, and it's quite clear that he's guilty because he's been guilty uh, on a number of things in the past. Uh, He just got off last time. He was uh, not acquitted. He was not exonerated. Uh, There was just a mistrial. Uh, So Willie Breakit, thanks. Appreciate that. Who cares? Says Menendez is one reason I left New Jersey along with all other corruption. High five, Zach and Lisa. Thank you so much. And Salty Nuts, I'm not bashing Derek Johnson. I've never bashed Derek Johnson. Uh, And uh, I, you know, I'm not um, I'm not accountable for anything other people say about other people, Uh, because if I was, then I wouldn't be able to hang out with anybody. So I have already said this early on in the show. If you like Derek Johnson, you go ahead and watch Derek Johnson. That's for you, and that's uh, for you to decide. I'm not here to tell you who to follow. I'm not here to tell you what to believe. I'm here to present the information and allow you to make up your own mind. So thank you very much to everybody for joining me today. Thank you so much for this generous support. I hope that you can also join me tonight at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Badlands Media, where myself and John Harold will be going over part two of our expose on Barack Obama, his family lineage, and the strange circumstances surrounding his life and the death of people that he loved, allegedly. All right, good luck. God bless. We'll see you tonight.